Welcome to Spinning Out. I'm your host, Josh Robbins. This is a podcast where we talk to artists about their favorite albums. Today I'm talking with Libby Shia of the band Girl Friday. Girl Friday released their debut album Androgynous Mary, August 21st, on Hardly Art Records. Today on the pod we talked about the 2019 album This Is How You Smile by Gelato Negro. It was a great chat with Libby about the album, including great tangents about songwriting, playing bass, and growing up religious, which I seem to bring up a lot. I'll be honest, neither me nor Libby are big experts on Gelato Negro, but I don't know if I've ever really made it seem like I'm an expert on anything. But since This Is How You Smile was both our first albums by him, you know, I'd highly recommend this album as well as his NPR Tiny Desk for a great representation of his music. Recently, Roberto, a.k.a. Gelato Negro, did a great Neil Young cover of the song Lot of Love with Flock of Dimes. Check that out, too. There's no shortage of great Gelato work that would honestly take days for us to shine a light on. So, with that in mind, check out this episode, and before we let you go for this great chat with Libby of Girl Friday, as I mentioned. Please share this pod with friends, follow us on Twitter and Instagram, and thanks. vegan or do you simply enjoy good food delivered straight to your door then you should probably check out nourish nourish offers culturally diverse gluten-free organic vegan food for meal delivery and catering all while enriching their community employees and our planet if you're in charlotte north carolina you can find them at nourishcharlotte.com if you're in the new york area check out nourishdelivered.nyc nourish yourself you deserve it The album that we're talking about today is This Is How You Smile, the 2019 album by Gelato Negro. And when was the first time you heard it? Was it around when it came out last year? Yeah. And I think it's like, it's funny that I call it one of my favorite albums because it's only a year old, but I've listened to it so many times and I never get tired of it. I think the first time I heard it, I was working in a PR office because I used to be like an assistant publicist. And then we would just have songs, we would have albums just be on repeat and like throughout the entire day, just always constantly listening to like a uh, just a full flow of music. And this one came on and I like stopped working and I like looked up and I was like, what? Who put this on? This is amazing. And then my coworker was like, yeah, that's, this is a lot of Negro. And I was like, I and then like just back pocketed it and then like since then <laughs> I've been listening to it nonstop. But yeah, I yeah, I think when you sent this along with a couple other suggestions, like that jumped out at me, some because of the fact that it was only like a year old. So I think like Anna almost like I felt like in an act of defiance. I was like, I'm gonna check out this one first. Like almost couldn't believe that like a record that was like a year old would be like someone's go-to. But since listening to it, 
I wouldn't disagree with you. Like it is a record that just automatically gets like stuck there. Um, you know, like it's just, you know, it feels like a record I've been listening to for years. It makes me think of things that I've listened to that somewhat fall in that those lines, but not really in the same way at all. Like it's unique, but familiar at the same time. And I know that sounds like a cliche way to explain, you know, to describe yeah. an album, but it's, it's almost like so much, but not like other things that it, it's like yeah. classified, but hard, you know? So. Yeah. But also because I feel like the songwriting is so like, if you were just to isolate the vocal, he like follows a lot of very similar patterns of just like classic, I wouldn't like just classic songs. I feel like kind of have the same like rise and fall and stuff. And then he adds all these elements that just, they make so much sense, but it fits in a way that like you just wouldn't really expect. Um, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I totally, really just... I totally agree. Um, uh, sometimes when I'm listening to, I guess, I guess technically you could easily call this like an electronic record and that's an easy classification, but um, I was noticing the same thing as what you're saying. Like I could imagine that he could just, go somewhere and play all of these songs acoustic like they have like I don't want to say simple structures but it's like things you know follow like a verse and a chorus and sometimes when I'm thinking of like electronic music kind of just the purpose behind it is different and that's that's totally fine like you know but um, it's sometimes it's not set up in a way that's to be verse chorus it might be trying to get to like a different thing, like a either a bass drop if it's EDM or, you know, but it's not doing that at all. It's really has almost like a rock band, um, you, just classic structures, I guess is the way yeah. I put it. Yeah, it also feels like he doesn't, all the songs, that none of them really have agendas with them or there's no, it doesn't feel like it's like, a, I'm making a song and this is what the song is about, is about and I'm going to build it up in this certain way. He just kind of, it feels like, I mean, I don't know what his process is, but when listening to it, it just kind of feels like it all just kind of like flowed out and this is what it came to. And he was like, all right, cool. <laughs> that's great. Or that sounds perfect. Or like, just kind of like, let it sit with, the, let the song fit the feeling that he was going for, because I feel like he embodies this, I don't know, very like sublime feeling, I guess, in yeah. his songs yeah which is very hard yeah Yeah. like it's that was gonna make a sublime joke right there but i stopped (laughs) but um so uh, yeah i mean i i i like that idea in like songwriting though where it's like you're not i'll always try and do that in the bands i'm in where it's like it's like i kind of know what people say that i sound like but when i'm writing a song like i want to just Mm -hmm. approach it just whatever's going to naturally come out of me like not like if it starts going in a direction like don't stop it you know and i feel like there's there's honestly is that and this music where there's like some songs that are you know like on acoustic guitar with like kind of more uh uh, you know like electric backing to it but it's it's just kind of like this is how i decided to write the song or some that feel like it's playing around with like you know, a different beat setting, you know, I'm not sure the process. So I don't want to say they're like pre-planned beats because nothing really feels like it's like a loop per se, yeah. but you know. 
Um, yeah. But yeah, that wasn't a really question. <laughs> no, I think it is important to approach songwriting that way, as you said, because you can't, if, I find it difficult, like if you're, I don't know, I find that we do this with the band too, like sometimes we'll make a song or we'll start writing something and it sounds like something like, we just kind of like, don't really want it to go a certain way so we like make a switch or we go a different way with the song or we do a lot of different things because we're like oh we don't want to be boring and like the best songs always come out when it's just like it just happens and it just all comes out in maybe not one go but it's like we just kind of let it go where it wants to go or someone does something and it's just like great <laughs> instead yeah. of like forcing it into like boxes um yeah I mean but, I, I I think that it's interesting that you kind of bring that up to your your own band like comparing it because um i i felt like there were like similarities in ways but you know they're both in front of me at the same time i was listening to your record for the first time and you know the halato negro record for the first time but you know there always doesn't seem to be with the girl friday record um it doesn't seem as concerned to do like one thing all the time and i mean that in like a good way like sometimes when i'm listening to really any band and i feel like this is more like current bands it's like when i hear it for like 10 seconds i almost know what everything's gonna be and yeah and the girl friday record was like a really really like awesome ride in that it's you know kind of changes gears while i can i can still like tell what like genre it might be in but you know with like different singers and yeah, like I'm kind of just agreeing with you and, you know, what we were talking about, just that if a song needs to go in a certain way, you know, kind of just like let it, you know. Um, yeah. And I think the impulse with Talato Negro is probably different, you know, because I, it feels like Girl Friday has like multiple songwriters in the band. So there's, you know, probably an yeah. reason why that does. Yeah. Where it's like we are following all four of our instincts and following the song that way. So it's more so going to have this like a lot more twists and turns because we all have different tastes. And like with yes. his record, it's like he's just letting himself do exactly what exactly the direction that he wanted to go, which seems which probably is a little bit more linear than <laughs> songs that have four different people that are all on it at the same time. Um, yeah. Yeah, but I was, because that was also another way I was thinking of it, where uh, when you're mentioning, like, sometimes you'll shift gears, um, you know, like, if you feel like it's going a certain way with, like, certain songs for Girl Friday, um, and any of my bands, one of the things that I feel like I'll do when I'm bringing a song to the band is, if I kind of think a song, in my head, if I think it sounds like something, and I'm like, oh, you know, like, I don't, it just sounds like blank, you know, um, that I won't tell the bandmates that I think it sounds that way because then I think that they'll approach it that way, you know, yeah, and they'll all that'll always be there. So I feel like then whatever they contribute to the process of it, um, mm -hmm. just automatically naturally makes it go in a direction, you know, and then I can be like, yes, so it's not, you know, like yes. Everclear or something, you know, <laughs> I can just be like, okay, so that I wasn't, I might have been ripping off Everclear on accident. But they didn't know that, so now we're on a different journey. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but you don't know that, so you're gonna make it something else, which is great because then I'm yeah. not ripping it off. Yeah. What What do you play in your band? Uh, bass. Oh, yeah. sick! 
bassists unite of the yeah, world. Actually, unite. it's funny. Um, <laughs> when I was telling my drummer and one of my bands about my idea of this podcast, uh, it was like, oh, I've already done interviews with people and I've, I've set it up. And he was like, why you should have done like a podcast where you talk to just bass players. And then, but I was like, it was just kind of like, fuck you, man. Like, it was just like, cause I've already done work with that, but I'm thinking of that now. Yeah. We, we thought it was like a funny idea, but it was like, if this, if I hadn't spent so much time already building this into what I'm building it into, but now it's funny though. Cause it was like, I would kind of love to do that, but it's also funnier because like, it's like I'm a bass player because that's just what I've fallen into. I wouldn't be like, you know, I don't have a bass clef tattooed on me or anything, you know, like I don't, I don't feel like I'm like oh. a bass player person, you know? Yeah. Um, like I am the bass and nothing else. Yes. You could and, do spinning out bass edition. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I think um, some of the things like cover your bases or, uh, you know, yes. bassist loaded was some of the idea where we just like trade licks and stuff and I guess talk about like red hot chili peppers or something. Oh my god. Wait, who's the basis for really hot red hot really hot chili peppers? It's red a hot hard band name to say sometimes. Like sometimes I feel like when I say red hot chili peppers, it's almost like the red leather yellow like the thing you do like when you're trying to like reset yourself to like, like slow loosen down your and tongue. Talk. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like red hot chili peppers you know and then you kind of get yourself centered uh, uh, try saying that 10 times fast you can't flea can't <laughs> even do it his name it's, is flea, it's by the way <laughs> impossible flea yeah. wait is that his like full name or that's, is that yeah that's his legal name no 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 i now no. though i am curious and i am looking and i want to know what if Flea is listening at this moment, which wouldn't be possible, uh, <laughs> I would like him to tell us if, if people do uh, Zoom bombs, then maybe it's Flea could Zoom bombs. <laughs> His name is Michael Petal, Peter, Peter, what am I, I have my mouth just doesn't work. I'm today. not cutting any of this out. Great. Everyone will mm. know how incompetent I am. Michael Peter Balzari. That's a hard also name too. Flea. Yes, that maybe that's why he chose Flea, <laughs> so yeah. no one would ever get it wrong. It's like sometimes people have names that you feel like if you were naming a person, you're kind of thinking about what their whole name should be. You know, like yeah. if, it's like if I can't think of any examples, but some names just like don't have a certain like rhythm to it. You know, yeah. like that name doesn't have like Michael Peter Balzari. Like I have to sort of take the time and kind of think about it in sections yeah or especially with last names too because last names are the ones that you can't choose and you're just stuck with when you're born and like parents don't have any control over that so it's kind of like you might as well just I don't know what how do you make Balzari sound easy or like to make it slip off the tongue I just couldn't think I of would any, say that any you should, name if you go into naming your kid you should like you know what the last name is in most cases I know people can change their last names and that's a different thing that we're not really <laughs> discussing um but like they knew the last name going in so then they should go with like Paul you know Paul Bozari yeah. is a lot easier to say than or like Bob yeah Bob Bozari <laughs> Um, but I mean, I guess he picked Flea, so you know he had the last 
laugh. <laughs> hey, uh, flea works for me. Yeah, now I'm just looking uh, through Flea's Wikipedia uh, with everything. <laughs> um, but yeah, actually, even going back to Halado Negro, um, do you know any? I guess you were saying that this was this is the first album that you've heard by them before this. Yes, um, and which is my bad because. I should should have been looking deeper into his discography, but I just couldn't. Like, I mean, I th- I've listened to a couple of the songs, but none of them hit as hard as this album. And I feel like his other albums are different than this one. And it's not a bad thing at all, but it's just this one is the one that really, like, gets to me. <laughs> I felt like from the little bit, I probably dug even a little less than you on the other albums i was in the same way where i just kept listening to this one um but from my recollection from the little bit of digging i did i felt like the past records uh weren't as song centric as this one yeah i think they're a little bit more experimental which not i don't want to say like they're experimental albums but they're like they have those qualities to them where it's it's more of it's less of I, I want to say it's more of like a listening experience when you listen to them instead of like a I don't really know <laughs> how the other one is everyone everything's a listening experience but it's kind of like you sit down intentionally to listen to them and like this one is kind of like it can seep into your everyday life and like be the soundtrack for a lot of different i don't know like your day or whatever yeah i mean this record where you're saying like soundtrack i know it's just like a word we're using but um the kind of elements of it uh do feel like something that you could even though it is very engaging on a song level you could kind of like zone out and let it just kind of be like a soundtrack to like cleaning your house or something like it does have that element with like the different bleeps and bloops yeah yeah. bleeps and bloops are my favorite two of my favorite words yeah. <laughs> if there words i recently used bloops on a scrabble game and everyone's like that's not a word and i was like yes it is and i won anyways but <laughs> back to that well because like this album i feel like it just seeps into life and it like it's very seamless and like i was telling you before like this album kind of i feel like is the soundtrack to a lot of great memories and a lot of very beautiful memories in my life. Just like times where like me and someone I love would be making dinner in the kitchen and this, the album is playing and it just fits like the mood and it brings everything to this like very like wholesome place. Yeah. Um, but just like stuff like that. And I just find it so, I don't know. Well, that's like a heart. funny thing because me and my partner, both I, I put it on to do exactly that, like hook dinner. And it is a great record for that. And sometimes it makes me think like, I'm like, why can't I ever make like music for making dinner? You know, it's like, but I don't know how I would do that. You know, like yeah. I always feel like there's too much like angst in the music that I listen <laughs> to where I'm like, I can't even imagine my music being played at like, a coffee shop you know or something you know but like I, I didn't I don't know if you feel that way about like you know Girl Friday stuff where it's like you're you know you couldn't really necessarily imagine it being played in the same way that you could you know no types of songwriting or different ways that people connect to their music 
you know maybe me and you will get there one day we're making music that's easy not e- i don't want to say easy yeah, yeah. it's not easy but like music that puts you at ease or music that is just kind of capturing a beautiful moment or something like that but for now angsty music very like self i don't know flagellating music is where it's at for now <laughs> yeah that's like a strange thing because i feel like now it's it's not like i won't i mean i listen to still like pretty aggressive music but i find myself now reaching for something that i can have on in the house and it not like sort of like ask anything of me you know yeah. um, and it's like you know i may listen to more aggressive things like on a run or like in the car you know but you know so it's it's like even like thinking about that as like a way of being it's just i'm still i'm still just not there and i guess what i mean to ask is like um I guess like where do you come from in terms of like what music you grew up with? Um uh, I feel like what I feel like I know. I <laughs> so I was um, This is now therapy. Yeah, I was raised very Christian, so I really only listened to like Christian rock when I was Same. a kid and like hymns and anything if it wasn't that it was Motown because my dad really likes Motown so and that was like wholesome to him even though a lot of the songs are like about sex and stuff but I just like worded differently whatever um so a lot of that which I I'm always embarrassed to say of like yeah do you know Mercy Me like that's what I listened to when I was like 10 yeah <laughs> but um I th- it changed a lot like when I got to junior high, I had this one girl in my class. I was homeschooled, but it was like a whatever. Anyways, long story. She like gave me a disc and she was like, you need to stop listening to that. And gave me this like mixtape and it had like Sonic Youth back. And it had like, um, I think it had uh, like Fugazi on it. And then like Slater Kinney and stuff. And she just sent me all these like amazing fucking bands. And then I was just listening to them alone, like on the way like in my headphones on the way to church just all the time just like nobody knows my secret and then here we are well that's interesting that you said like I don't know sometimes like people don't feel like super comfortable to say like what even like put that out there in terms of like if they were raised in any sort of faith um but what denomination were you raised non-denominational Okay. And, um, well, I mentioned that because, um, I'm, I'm usually like, I'll tell people I know, like I was raised, uh, I always tell people I was raised Pentecostal. What is like the main tenets, I guess, like that differentiate it from other, uh, denominations? Uh, well, Pentecostal usually is, uh, pretty conservative. Um, but what I mean by that, they'll use words like standards and, you would normally recognize like like women would wear long dresses and not cut their hair and not wear makeup and uh usually we wouldn't have like we didn't have tv for a long period of my childhood um and like women don't wear like jewelry or anything like that um was i guess the tenets of they also speak in tongues and they're very active in like church like they run around the church and yell and scream and cry and stuff like that whoa that's crazy yeah i've never seen something like that 
Yeah, it's it's uh, it's an experience. Like it's something actually. It's funny because I feel like I've been talking about it more publicly. Um, like I haven't been a part of that denomination in a long time. Like essentially, after I moved out of home, I was you know no more of that. Um, yeah. It's like culty in a lot of respects, but you know it's well. I was thinking of it because you were saying like you weren't really allowed to listen to anything other than Christian music, and that's a lot of people from more conservative faiths, they have that experience. Like even if they're not, you know, as strict as my faith was, but I had the same kind of situation where it was like, it was either you listen to Christian music, like Hillsong or whatnot, or um, whatever was around or there were like equivalents of normal rock music. Like there was like a rapper named T-Bone and oh yeah and then there was um who's that other guy there's one oh lecrae who's one of those the big christian rappers i mm. think i think he's might be newer whatever yeah. <laughs> and there was jeremy uh, camp i don't know even stuff like uh like some people that kind of became more um i feel like even when i use this word like more secular like uh there was like amy grant like she had a lot of Christian music, but also a lot of uh, mainstream non-Christian music too. And like Jars of Clay uh, became not a Christian band. Um, and then like, you know, DC Talk. And there's like so many. And then there's like a song named Carmen, um, you know, but but yeah, like, <laughs> what a tangent. I, rem- I remember when, um, wasn't I think like Jars of Clay made a statement that they weren't a Christian band anymore. And it was like this big scandal of like, watch now you can't listen to them because they they're apostates it was just kind of like we don't need to take it that seriously guys but yeah yeah i wonder that'd be funny if i find out that halado negro was uh you know raised really really (laughs) that would like bring everything full circle yeah i wonder i mean well maybe maybe we can find out i don't know uh, maybe you can zoom bomb us too and uh, <laughs> let us know. Well, a lot of his ta- songs talk about being raised in an immigrant household. And I'm kind of like, I feel like, especially with like Latinx people, Catholicism is very, I don't know. I'm just making assumptions and I'm probably definitely wrong. So no, I mean, I think whatever. like in a lot of respects, like, uh, well, he's from, or his parents, like, I think he was actually, he was born in the U.S., but uh looks like he was, he's from Ecuadorian parent, parents, and I think they're, they were immigrants, if I'm not mistaken, so, and I, I think you're, you're right, I think that's, like, basically, like, someone could look it up, and that's essentially a fact, like, a lot of, you know, Latinx uh, communities tend to be Catholic, so, so if you kind of, yeah. like, just put the odds on the fact that, you know, he might be, I can't, Carlos is his name, I believe, uh, is Catholic, then you probably are right, you know, but yeah, um, yeah. weird assumption to make, but I think statistic wise. Uh, yeah, well, I think about it, my mom, like my mom's side, they're all, they're Latinx, and my dad's side, they're immigrants from China, and they're all extremely religious, and I'm like, maybe it's just my experience, but like, I don't know something in the air about it but it's fine I guess well I'm always I'm always curious to like talk to people's like relationships with 
um, about religion. Cause I think in a way, um, one, I think it's just kind of feeds into how I was raised. And two, I think it also, uh, tells me how people, you know, kind of almost like why they got into subculture is what we'll say generally, you know, it's almost like what you were pushing against and potentially like why we still play angsty music, you know, in a way, <laughs> like, cause it's like, it's like a rebellion still, even though it seems so f- like using punk or rock as a rebellion seems like it like makes me automatically feel like 65 years old, you know, to say that, but it's like, it's like in some way I can't like get away from wanting to express it that way, you know? Yeah. Well, especially because if you grow up extremely religious and like very much believing all these things and like when it comes to like making music that is very internal and angsty and exploring all these feelings, when you're a kid, you don't necessarily, like as a religious kid, you don't really get that opportunity to like explore the full spectrum of emotion whether it's bad good selfish whatever because any like negative emotion you get it's always like we'll pray and god's gonna fix it and it's like you you just kind of shelve it for later or you don't really or it's like well that's a sin so i can't feel that so i'm not going to indulge in that like really intense feeling and like you just people need to i don't know (laughs) people need to express every like obviously not the harmful emotions but like in terms of themselves they need to express all of like a, as many emotions as they can because I don't know there's a clarity that comes with it but yeah I, I, I mean I agree I think that when you don't at least from my personal experience um, and I've talked about this recently um, on like another podcast not like this <laughs> one so it's kind of funny that it's like almost like a sequel to what I was talking about there um, but I was talking with this comedian, Mike Kaplan, um, about this and it was, it was, uh, so essentially I feel like whenever you don't answer those questions, um, you either kind of start self-parenting and also you almost like think any answer that isn't the one you were given is like wrong. And so you almost like start creating your own like dark identity, but then in the end it might be like, you know, you smoked a cigarette or something. It ends up being something that's not really that big of a deal, you know, uh, but it can also morph into like, you know, negative aspects that potentially like parenting that doesn't revolve around religion, they would just tell you the answer to it. (laughs) You know, like, I don't know. I mean, you know, there's probably tons of people that grew up in non-religious households where their parents are like, because I told you so. And then they end yeah. up in the same place potentially. But I think it's like a one-to-one with religion or, you know, religion in this capacity that I feel like we both were raised in. Um, Cause I feel like the way that you're viewing religion was a lot of the same way that I was growing up. Um, if, if, cause I know a lot of people that grew up religious that almost like their religion almost had nothing to do with their social life. You know, they were separate yeah. things and, that doesn't seem to be your experience with it and neither was mine no no yeah well it's just it's like with how you're saying about it too it's like or talking about it it's like being a lot of times for me like which i'm sure is the same is like church was like my entire life yeah my entire all of my friends were from church all of my family went to church i probably knew 
one or two people that weren't Christian, but I wasn't really friends with them really. And like everybody that I know was. So it's like this cycle that like, you never really learn anything outside of that. And it just kind of feels like, I don't know, (laughs) there's a lot of different narratives that are told and then you leave and then it's like, oh, none of that is true about the world and how people are. And, um, but it's interesting when some people are like, yeah, I grew up this way. And then I'm like, try to relate. And I'm like, wait, totally different level. Never mind. But I also feel like in the, the last like couple of years, it's, it's, it's like a, such a slow process. And it's such a thing of like, you never just kind of realize everything at once and you never sort of like resolve everything. It just kind of all comes gradually, which I guess is what you're saying. But I feel like I'm definitely more at a place where I feel a little bit there's no crisis happening that has already happened years ago um yeah I feel like yeah. I'm so far removed from it I can comment on it and I don't I don't feel like I don't even feel like people like I used to kind of feel like if I brought it up someone would almost want to console me for it or I wanted consolation for yeah. like the way I was raised and now it's almost like anecdotal you know in the way that I'm feeling yeah. about it um, so I, I know that's like work yeah. I've done moving past it. I do know that like whenever, yeah. like I, I did go to private school early on. And then when that shut down, I went to public school. And then so just kind of tried to be a normal kid, you know, quote yeah. unquote. Um, and like, I would have like friendships at public school and they'd be like, we should hang out outside. And that, but I wasn't allowed to. Um, the reason I'm kind of bringing that up is you mentioned that you were homeschooled. So I kind of, it's like, even where you mentioned, like your friend gave you like a, a mix that had Sleater Kenny on it. I'm almost thinking, I'm like, how'd you, like, who was that friend? Like that person seems like, they're, <laughs> I don't believe in this, but it's like, it's like they're an angel, you know, that was just like sent to you <laughs> to like save you in a way, you know? I kind of like, I still think of this friend in like this very like, we're not, we're not, we're not really friends. Like we stopped, we were only friends like in middle school, but I have this such fond memory of her. And I even reached out to her recent or like a year ago. I was like, if it wasn't for you giving me that CD, I would have never joined this band. And I never would have thought it was possible for me to do music. And I just sent her this long message and she was probably like, what the fuck yeah. is this? But I just had to say it. I was like, I'm just so happy about that. But I think, I don't know. Anyways, like, in that experience, like, I remember her telling me, like, you're so cool because you're a Christian, but you don't try to convert me, and every other Christian tries to convert me, and even then, I was, like, I didn't really think, I don't know, I felt weird about it, about, like, trying to tell people that they're going to hell, when... Yeah, that was never, like, a feeling growing up at any point, I mean, um, I feel like I would try and invite friends to church but it was just like when I did go to public school but I was just like I wanted to hang out with that person it wasn't like I want my friend to become you know so I guess I was like always a bad Christian in that respect (laughs) like but like I never wanted that uh for myself but I guess like trying to like think about how that kind of led you into playing I guess even like in Girl Friday or like you know where you went from listening to that CD to like playing in bands yeah I like so that was like my first introduction to alternative music and then after that I 
because I was still very much I, I just didn't really think that being in a rock band was possible for me or I didn't think that I could do it so I did a lot of years of like just playing by myself and doing like just shows by myself just singer songwritery kind of stuff but I never really liked it and I always kind of hated the way that I was writing it but I didn't know how to write anywhere else because my influences were not that big and I didn't haven't had never really seen anybody in bands in my circle like everybody in the church and everybody that I knew like played in the worship band or played piano by themselves or something like that and then it wasn't really it wasn't like until I started going to shows by myself when I like turned 18 I think or maybe I was like 16 or something and just started like going to shows in LA and like started seeing bands and stuff that I actually kind of thought <laughs> I could do it or like oh this is something that seems like viable and then I met Vera and I still even when I met Vera my our guitarist like I was still doing stuff by myself and then we started a band and Girl Friday is still the first band I've ever been in or that's the first awesome. real band I, I think it's like so cool that it was like the I keep like thinking about that CD because it's like it's like my friends would have given me like new metal or something you know and then it eventually like would have led me to like where I am now but it's like it's like a quicker line with probably your influences and that's like great <laughs> you know like it's it's probably like a thing that's like well that's good now but I, I you know the probably the journey going to it you probably like you were saying like you wish you almost like had more to draw from you know like yeah. other types of alternative rock or like punk or whatnot um but now yeah. it's like good those were like the best bands to have been introduced to you know yeah when it was like good because I mean for a while like I only listened to that CD when I was really young and then I kind of explored other things but I didn't really know much about like genres I didn't really know much about like the history of like punk or anything like that so I was kind of just kind of floating in space and I'm still like still as to this day like still getting that history and still like exploring all the genres from the ground up but um yeah where is my train of thought well I think like I don't you know I think what's good about that though is like like when I listen to Girl Friday I don't feel that it's like beholden to one genre and I can I feel like you can put it in the umbrella of like alternative like if you are someone could just say they're an indie rock band but I don't you know it's like that can mean a lot of different things but be you know be it maybe you feel like it's like you're not you don't have all the answers to it but I think that ends up being like a plus to it because I think sometimes like people know like too much about what they want to sound like and then that's all they do you know it's like it's almost like yeah. if someone's like if if they have a lot of music knowledge or whatever that means um and then they were like I want to start a shoegaze band and then they do everything within their power to do that, then I'm like, that's kind of boring, you know? Like, it's yeah. like, you know, if they start a good shoegaze band, cool. But it's like, if it's a band that sort of like floats between things, personally, that's like what I want to hear more. Like, you know, um, so yeah. it has to, again, not a yeah. question. Well, it also feels a little bit more honest that way. And I'm not trying to like ever toot my own horn, but sometimes I'll see bands... Well, I mean, not now because of COVID, obviously, yeah. but like C bands that just, like you said, there's so many shoegaze bands that just sound exactly the same. And it's like, 
what but what drives you to make the music like if you just want to make the shoegaze sound and you want to be enveloped enveloped in that sound or you want to play really fast and hard punk music that's fine but it, it also just puts in like i just think like what's your motive behind yeah. it yeah and like sometimes i you- just think like because i like so much different stuff like i don't feel like i could live in one place all the time like you know it's like yeah. i've been in like fast punk bands and then like when we were on tour and we would just not listen to any fast punk or like we would talk about how the next band we're going to start is going to be like this you know or like just something that's not the thing like like kind of living in one place all the time um want like as personally i don't feel like i would want to do it but then on the other hand too i'm like i don't think i could do it if i tried like you know there is some of that and like what i'm saying and i'm not saying that for you but it's like i don't know how to do it like it's like it's like i don't i never really came up like covering things you know i only really picked up bass for the sake of like writing songs and like picked up guitar for like the same reason like it wasn't like I want to learn this Green Day song or something, you know. Um, so yeah. so I don't know if you kind of approach like writing songs in the same way. I always felt like personally, writing songs allowed me that I could tell people how I wanted it to be, and then they wouldn't be like play like an octave or something, you know. Like they wouldn't give me some music thing. I could just be like, "This is it," you know. Yeah. But you know, I don't yeah. know if that's part of like how you expressed it early on yeah I kind of feel like what you were saying earlier about you just couldn't do something like you couldn't stay in one place if you tried and like I feel like that's how I feel a lot of the times like sometimes I'll like I'll listen to songs I'm like I really want to write a fast song and I really want to do that but then I just can't and it's not going to happen and then something else happens and I'm like why do I even try what but um what was I saying I don't know I think it's just it just gets so tedious and like to just try to knit to try to like force yourself to do something even if you want it if you just if your creativity or whatever your writing mind doesn't want to do it it's kind of like well I'm not gonna do it then yeah sometimes Um, when I feel like I'm playing a little bit outside of like genre and then I'm like I don't know how the band my bands are gonna like take that you know, I, I think like, you know, it's like, I don't really have to worry about that. I think that they're always going to react in similar ways because they just play in a certain way. And that, mm-hmm. that, um, you know, kind of, I guess, special sauce, uh, there's, there's a weir- less weird word I could use, like that, kind of like what you have playing together won't change. Like people just play a certain way. So when you put it all yeah. together... I presume like no matter if you played a little faster than like uh, the last song you brought to the band, it's still essentially a girl Friday song, you know, like it's like, you know, to kind of rope it back into Halado Negro. (laughs) Like, I don't, I think it's similar in that whatever, whatever Roberto Carlos does, it's always going to be Halado Negro because he can't get away from who he is. Yeah. You know, and I think it's like, it's not like he's going to just like, throw polka songs in there like ska songs it's like he kind of knows his wheelhouse but you know and i'm kind of i guess that's kind of like i'm assuming for you too in this case yeah yeah where it's like you're kind of whatever instrument you play you're kind of drawn to like certain um 
I guess like sentimentalities or you're drawn to certain like you said like ways of playing or like I like bass in like I like it playing very low and heavy and like this and like I like I don't know playing it in like a certain register or I like move my hands in a certain way because it feels good to me and it's comfortable and that's always going to sound different from somebody else because you're you <laughs> yeah um I mean, it's like you're you and the people you play with, they're always them, you know? And so like, essentially, no matter what they bring that they think is different at the end of the day, it's still your band, you know? Yeah. Um, and I even think, I, I even think about that, like with covers and stuff, when people do covers of songs, the song, they didn't write the song, but like the way that they're playing it and the way that they imagine the song is them. And that's, it's still so cool to like to think about um yeah <laughs> yeah i love those things that when when a band just kind of plays the way that they do they do a lot of things by accident especially if they don't 100 percent know like you know like i've never i mean the guitarist in one of my bands is like a guitar teacher and like he'll be like that you changed uh keys there and i'm like all right sure you know but like you know like it's kind of like what you were saying though it's like you just have a certain way of kind of expressing yourself that probably won't change but you know it's like you could learn new scales or whatnot and that may be added to like what is you yeah but, you know you're not just gonna like one day wake up and be a completely different person yeah so. um i was even thinking about so i, I just read um joy or pete hook's uh autobiography about joy division and he was just talking about the way like because i feel like on a lot of sorry hello nugger we'll come back to you <laughs> but this like i was just thinking about this like he you know like in a lot of un unknown pleasures he plays or do you like that album yeah um he like plays a lot of very high bass and mm -hmm. the bass sounds very like guitar like and he, he explained it and he was like, the only reason I did that is because I had a bass amp that cost $10. I couldn't afford to buy a new one. And when he played the lower two note, the lower, the top two strings on his bass, it would always just crap out and like just sound really awful. So he was just kind of stuck with playing the very, very highest bit of his bass. And it ended up working and sounding like him and like being a part of his like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, what I was playing. Yeah, what I was even thinking about too, like I one time was in like a just like a cover band for one like benefit show and we did breeders covers. And like yeah. <laughs> it was like trying to learn those songs was so hard. And then thinking about it though, I was like it'd be like one time would be like a half a time or like three and a half times and then almost like change gears in like the middle of it. And it's like, you know, there, it was just like, you know, that they didn't really like sit there and think about, I'm going to do this three and a half times. Since they did, that's crazy. But I bet it was more like, this is just feels how many times I should do it. And then they kind of yeah. knew how each other played. They kind of, you know, could kind of like play without kind of talking about it. And it just became that way. So that's sometimes when you like cover someone else's songs, you're like, why did you do it this way? <laughs> like, you know, <laughs> you're like, what is this? Like, you know, I, so I even like thinking about that, like it's with like Peter Hook, it's 
I mean, that's the reason I've read that too, where, you know, and that's such, it's like a silly thing. It kind of seems like just did it out of necessity, you know? Yeah. You know, and I was like, well, that just makes sense. (laughs) Yeah. And I feel like I develop kind of the way that I play bass based on like having like a jazz bass. Like, it's like, just like, it's a higher register instrument. And I feel like I can't not play bass like a guitar, you know? Yeah. It's just what I do, you know? Yeah, which is great. And I think you like kind of have to, if you you approach the bass the same way that every bassist in the world played bass, and it's like, what? I don't know. What's the point? You could just get anybody else to play it. I feel like I'm kind of similar to that where like I, I didn't play bass at all. (laughs) Like until like, maybe a year before we started the band, but I like have played piano my entire life. So the way that I approach the bass is just kind of like very melodically. Mm-hmm. I don't ever think about it. It's just like, okay, you're going to just hold it down. I always, I'm like, I'm going to do something. I got to make this song go this way and I can do that with the bass. And I'm sure it's kind of similar with the guitar where I don't think of it as like a backing instrument. I think of it as it can be one of the leading instruments and I don't know. It's such a beautiful instrument. It sounds so nice. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it can, it kind of comes and goes with me. Like sometimes because I will just kind of write a song, like it would just be like I try and approach songwriting a lot of times like almost like this would be me playing it for people. So it's almost like a singer songwritery aspect. So then I just bring it to the band that way, but on bass. Uh, yeah. And so, and then, but it, it kind of depends on how I write it. Like if I write it more in a singer songwriter way, then it's more of the root. But if I kind of write it, then I'm like not really sure what I'm going to do with it. Like vocally, then it has like more high register kind of things. But I, I don't like have that background with, with like playing piano or anything to kind of reference it on. You know, I just basically started playing bass because I was, you know just kind of felt like my time of just being like the vocalist in bands was like either done or like I wanted to do more and so it was was just that it's like I wanted to be able to like come to practice and not have to like wait for other people you know to like give me songs you know like it it was just like out of that like it was like I want to be able to control this process some too yeah and you and it feels a little bit more integrated too like or you feel that way like when you can start adding notes like practically instead of if you're singing and it's kind of like I wanted to I want the song to go this way but I'm not really sure how and it's like when you have an instrument it's kind of like well let me at least try myself to get it to that point too so then I don't know we can get there quicker or at least I don't know but yeah. Do you ever like do you ever like bring songs to the band with like knowing exactly what it want what you want it to sound like like with the bass or you just kind of like write your part and then just say fill it in? Um when when like the band I've in now and have been in for a good long time um that what that was mainly what I would do early on was like I didn't have any expectations or really know what our band was supposed to sound like. So I would bring it in for them to sort of like do whatever. Cause I didn't know, like I, it would like, I would bring something that seems so simple. And I'm like, guys, this is going to be horrible. 
and then they would build something around it. And then, so as time goes on and you kind of like know how your music goes, and I think that process has changed. But the reason I mentioned that is like, sometimes I wish I, I want to go back to that more. And like, I try and remember that feeling that like, this doesn't have to hundred percent be where, like exactly where it's going to be. I need to be more flexible with it and allow it to, but it, it gets harder as <laughs> the longer you've been a band because it's sort of like, uh, I know you start hearing more things in your head. And as I've gotten like slightly better at playing guitar, almost like think about what I would want the guitar to be playing, but it's like, uh, I try, I try not to, but it, it gets really hard. Yeah. Yeah. It is. It is. And also I feel like as time goes by, you start knowing like what, your bandmates are going to do too. And so that can either be very great or it could be frustrating. Um, but it's all, you know, all just a process. Yeah. I feel like if I bring something faster to our drummer, it's like, he'll, mm. it's like, if it feels faster, he'll purposely make it halftime. And so it's yeah. almost easy to, it's like we're trolling each other within <laughs> like a song. And then, so I'm like, it's like then it's like wait do I need to bring a slower song if I want it to be faster you know or something <laughs> but then sometimes like if I just kind of let it go and let it be halftime like let him do halftime then something really cool can happen you know and so that's why it's like good to kind of stay open to it um, yeah you know like especially since I'm not flea you know um, <laughs> but yeah I bet flea probably doesn't do that but I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> I like, I feel like I have, I've like, that's something that I've had to learn to like playing with people and like, especially playing with the band is like, sometimes I have a very strict idea of what I want the song to be and I'll like be frustrated because I want it to go a certain way. And it's just, it just, and it's like, if I'm frustrated, but like, I'm not, if I'm just not doing it myself, I'm going to be frustrated with it because like, I don't know, people don't have my brain and like I can only do so much with like the instrument that I have. And it's always like the, always the best outcome is when we just kind of just let it happen. Yeah, <laughs> like, I mean, and when I think about like, when I think about like, like Kim Deal, like the way, like if you think of any of the songs like she plays bass on for the Pixies, um, like even like gigantic or really you can mention any of them. Like, I feel like when I, th I think about that, like that song specifically and like how different guitarists would approach it. And yeah. I'm like, I feel like that song could exist without them. And that's like what I think, like, it's like, no matter if they change it, I don't feel like the root of the song I wrote changed that much. Um, but what they yeah. add to it, ends up being what people like vibe off of it. Like, for example, like we had times early on where essentially like somebody would come up to our guitar player and be like, almost like, how did you write that song? Where You're it's like, like well, pay, if you pay attention to the bass player, it's like a four, four, just an easy four, four thing, but you're looking at the guitarist and people will do that. And I don't know if that ends up being like, I almost think that's like almost like the bass player's dilemma, you know, and, it's like it's like you want it's like i'm a bass player because almost sometimes i don't want to be recognized for writing a song but then when someone kind of takes it away from you and gives it to the guitarist like it's kind of a bummer so you're like stuck yeah. between two things yeah. i know i kind of it's i feel like it does get 
it's not like a, the biggest issue in the world, but sometimes it is frustrating. <laughs> and especially because like, you know, when you, if you write something on bass and then the guitarist comes up with something that is like still good, but completely different, like that song, the whole direction is going to change and the whole song is going to go based off of what the guitar is doing. And like, yeah. like you said, people like are going to, recognize that more and just they people always give more credit to the guitarists and it's just like this is not really how the dynamic is um but you know i'm not bitter or anything (laughs) yeah i feel that though it's funny because actually my i'm in one of the bands i'm in with my partner and she's in another band um called Faye, and she plays bass in that band um so she also sometimes has this thing where she's almost like battling against herself because she plays guitar in the band that we're in together but plays bass in another band and then people will do that thing i think where they kind of ask their guitarist about the song she wrote but you know it's it, then it's like but then she's like but i also am a guitarist like she almost wants to just tell people like i play guitar too or when she's playing guitar like it's like i play bass too like so you're almost like stuck between <laughs> the two identities of yourself like uh you know kind of battling that out you know but it but it's also like almost an ego thing where you're like you don't want to kind of like make it a big deal or like take all the credit because then that's not great either yeah Yeah. and that just feels like a look at me type of moment where you're trying to you're trying to be in the spotlight because you like instead of just letting the band like have all of the recognition together because it is a group project. It's just like, it's, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I I think like when I'm listening to uh, like girl Friday, like it's a whole cohesive thing. Like it's a group project. Like you said, like it doesn't, you know, um, and that's like a thing where I I'm conscious of like multiple singers and bands. Um, but in, I, I like that. Like sometimes some of my favorite bands are bands that, like there's more than one singer because I think it's like sometimes when you get more of one thing then it kind of shifts a little bit and you're kind of like oh I'm into this again you know I I feel like I don't get as worn out on those bands like you know yeah you get a lot of different sides too and there's just a lot of different changes and I feel like it doesn't ever really stay in one direction especially with like people bringing different songs and different voices in different ways types or different styles of singing to every single different song. Like in our band, none of us sing the same way. Like Vera has a voice, she has a very like, she has this ability to like very like growl in her voice or get really like belty and like kind of do like a Courtney Love style of like scream. And then Sierra, her voice is very like very high and melodic. And I feel like I sit somewhere just very low and stuff. So all of those voices shouldn't really work together, but for some reason, when you switch them around, it kind of makes sense. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I feel like uh, it's like I start, always go off on these tangents and then I'm like, you know, if Halado Negro, if, or like, you know, Roberto ever listens to this, like talk about me more, you know, <laughs> but. It's like, please, he's like, it's titled him. He's like, yes, something about me. And then it's not, <laughs> we love you. If you if you listen, (laughs) yes, and I feel like we're both like fairly newish fans of, you know, the um his work. And when I was looking, 
he's been active since 2009 and originally came from South Florida. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's even funny thinking about like, I guess the first album actually came out in 2009 and been doing it for like 10 years. And we're just like, Oh, the 2019 record is. The yeah. Best one. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I haven't been there since 2009. Yeah. But I'll get but into yeah. it, I promise. <laughs> but um, you were kind of mentioning too, and I don't know how much of it was kind of public, like as the record was planning on coming out, I assume that you had like tours lined up and whatnot that, yeah. had, you know, gotten canceled. <laughs> yeah, we had, we had a couple and then, yes, like we were on, we were about to start our South by Run and we had a tour after that as well with this really cool band called Disc. And then we played one show and then we went back, we woke up the next morning and then our managers were like, go home, the whole thing's canceled. And it was just like, we were so hoping that we were gonna somehow magically make it through or like nothing was gonna get canceled. But we ended up just going to like spending two weeks in a cabin and just like kind of dicking around (laughs) and brought all our instruments and stuff and then that turned out to be really fun. So, yeah, silver yeah, lining, I, I guess. Yeah, I had friends that, um, like, basically were like from like Toronto, and they had entered the U.S. and were starting their tour. And then their friends were like, "You better get home because they're gonna, you know, close the borders, and you're not gonna be able to get back in." Which ended up not yeah. really being the obviously the case. But even other people that I knew that were like. They'd went from, I don't know why I'm referencing so many Canadian artists, but they went from like Toronto, which is closer to like the East Coast, and then all the way to like Vancouver area and were to start a like West Coast and then full US run. So essentially just drove all the way across, you know, the country to start a tour that uh. didn't happen. Um, and so it's like, like I'm, I guess it's like we're kind of lucky in that respect that we weren't like super deep into something but you know yeah but then it's also like a yeah like a weird thing where as you know you weren't able to even have half of that experience yeah no and I'm sure there's like people I'm sure there's like a lot of people that had flown from far off countries to come for whatever um which really sucks but I feel like with this album it was like it just felt very momentous because it's our first record. It's our debut record. And we had just been wanting to so badly wanting to tour for so long and like so badly, just like itching to celebrate this thing that we were on the cusp of that. It was on the cusp of coming out and then to have it all canceled just kind of feels like, all right, woohoo. Like (laughs) throughout, I don't know. You just there's not really any way to really commemorate that, and I feel like especially for a first one, it's like a it's a big step to like acknowledge like oh we can do this, and this is like very important that we were able to spend I don't know have the time to release it and whatnot. But I don't know, (laughs) it's it's okay. It's like yeah, it also seems like a it's like hard to complain about it because another thing it's like you don't know what the other side of it is you know yeah Um, exactly yeah so and then it's like you know people and we always do like this double take thing where it's kind of like we have to like we have to like 
recognize or that you know we notice that people are having a lot worse than us but then it's still like but we are still in a position where we're feeling something about it so it's yeah as a whole it's like a yeah yeah, like if i could tour tomorrow i wouldn't because it's not good (laughs) it's immoral and unsafe and like it's good that everything was shut down and there's like and it's i think having the tour canceled is the best decision it's just like Oh, I just need to pick myself up and move on because it's, it is really hard, but it's, what else are you going to do? There's not really any point in groveling in it because like you said, other people have harder things and I have a roof over my head and I have access to healthcare and that's a lot and I'm (laughs) grateful for it. Yeah. I mean, I think that what's, I mean, we're like lucky to like, have healthcare and all that but also think like sometimes it's what's a bummer about it is like when all the and I'm trying to make sure I like say it correctly but it's like it's like when all of these things like happen in the world a lot of artists like kind of stepped up and they were like you know donating all of the money for like Bandcamp Fridays and stuff and that's what they should be doing but what becomes like a bummer it's like with bands like I guess we'll just, I'll just say collectively like us, you know, it's like, we're the ones that are kind of like donating all of our time or money in a lot of cases. And then you like see like billionaires or people of that have things, you don't feel like they're like pitching in as much. And so it's like, sometimes I feel like it's like, why does it have to be us? You know, that's doing that, but then it feels selfish to say, but then it's like, it shouldn't be on like the backs of like essentially like uh, poor musicians. No, it shouldn't. And I think, and I've been thinking about this too, a lot with fundraisers. And obviously I think if you have like a disposable income and, or you have extra money to spare, it's actually, it's like great practice to to donate to people and it's great um, intention as well. And it kind of sets, I don't know, if you can do something nice, but it's also like, I think about like, I feel like a lot of this pressure for lower, like the lower class to pick up this slack. It just takes the responsibility off of people that have way more than us, like excessive amounts of money. And it just feels like it's like, this shouldn't be our job to do, like to just, I don't know. I don't know if I'm wording it correctly. No, I, get, I mean, I think like I can, I feel like I'm, what I'm really speaking of too, um, in a lot of ways we're like agreeing, but I'm also like thinking about like the fact that I'm, you know, like a straight white cis male, you know, and then I feel like it's like, you know, and one take, it's like, I'm barely making ends meet, you know, but I also feel like there's a lot of respects where it's like, it's my responsibility to you know amplify you know just not all the time white artists you know yeah Um, but then there's even like a bigger respect for me like some uh, the kind of the way I can bring it down to like something that makes sense is like when I think of like if I see somebody like get mad like another white dude get mad about like people tweeting something like white people do more like I don't feel like I get like offended by that you know like I feel like it's like no, we could be doing more. Like if, if my inconvenience of the day is a you know, person of color 
you know, a not cis person telling me to do more, you know, I, my, my response shouldn't be to be like offended by it. It should be like, yes, yeah. I agree. You know, just like simply yeah. I agree. It's like, yeah. And it's like, I'm thankful that there's nothing else wrong with my day besides this. And it's not even a bad thing. It's like a little reminder to yourself. And there are always like so many ways that we can be doing stuff. And I think it's important to like recognize that everyone's skill sets are different and everyone can give to their communities and do more in their communities in different ways. And like diversifying those ways are so important when we're trying to like give a mutual aid to the people around us. It's just like, if we're all out, I don't know, on the streets, if we're all only giving food, there's going to be needs not that aren't being met in different ways. Um, I don't know. That's just kind of general. Yeah. But we can always be doing more. Sometimes sometimes we can't with money because we're strapped, but we can always donate our time or anything like that. I don't know, our skill sets, whatever. Yeah. And I guess like as we, you know, kind of wrap up, um, I don't know if there's anything else you wanted to add about like the record or plans you have no plans coming up is a, is like a harder thing to have right now but, yeah. yeah i mean i think we're working on a live performance which is the second one that we're doing I definitely feel weird about them but i think that's coming up like a live stream yeah 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 we i feel like early on there we did like so many kind of live streams like as a band or like kind of because some configuration that sort of could be labeled as the band uh, but and then there was like a point where I felt like people got like almost like tired of live streams you know and but then I'm like well as we go into the fall and as we haven't seen as many live streams like I wonder when they'll tick back up because I almost think like people got tired of it because they were like we'll be coming out of this on the other end right and then like as it yeah. gets into the winter it's like well I guess we're doing live streams again you know yeah I uh, know I've, and all of this just makes me really miss really fucking miss live shows I feel like even if like sometimes I'll just have to have days where I'm blasting my music to an insane amount in my headphones and just like doing nothing but listening to it because I'm like this is the closest that I can get to having just a pure experience of just like I don't know it's tough man yeah I mean I guess like I feel like it's like important that I have these conversations because it makes me feel it almost like reminds me of what it felt like at a show to like talk to a band we were playing with and I hope in turn like having these conversations at least alleviates some of that stress and allows people to like talk about music since we can't do that organically now so yeah you know not to give myself yeah. too much credit <laughs> no it definitely has I was just thinking about after this is like I really feel like writing something now or like that's playing great. music so I was like that that's positive so good yeah. job good are you stuck at home and need new records but it doesn't feel safe to venture out or you don't want to support big box stores? Go to lunchboxrecords.com for the best new releases and a whole lot more. If you live in Charlotte, North Carolina, you can do safe pickup, but if you live elsewhere in the United States, they'd be happy to ship to you. At checkout, just enter discount code SPINNINGOUT 
for 10% off. Come on, you love new music, so trust me, it's easy. Welcome back. Pow, pow, pow. We did it. Thanks for checking out another episode. Thanks as well to Libby and also Becca of Sub Pop slash Hardly Art for connecting us. Check out the new Girl Friday album and immerse yourself in the amazing catalog of Velado Negro. Next week, excited to mention this, we're talking to Norman Brannon of Texas A Reason, Antimatter Zine, New End Original, Shelter, 108, and so many others. It was an amazing chat about the 2016 album Stage 4 by Touche Amore. This one goes deep, as you can imagine, if you've you know listened to that specific album. We've been working through a backlog of past guests, and we're getting closer to present day. But I'll be honest, I really expected to not be able to pull off this pod, so I banked a bunch of interviews just to kind of force myself to follow through. Looking forward to this next week's episode, as I mentioned, and as well as our upcoming guest. So please stay tuned. Also, please, if you don't mind, check us out on all social media. Check us out on Twitter and Instagram. Leave a review wherever you listen. And last but not least, as always, thanks to Sarah Blumenthal for editing, producing the pod, and thanks to Pretty Maddie for the theme. And on that note, hit the theme! <laughs>